The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. It is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. And uh, I, this is a special show. I'm really excited for this show. Uh, I've got Jess Paquette joining me. Um, I The reason I feel like this is a monumental show is, for one, uh me and my wife do, you know, do a lot of things raising our daughters to make sure that they understand that they're just as good as any man. They can do anything a boy could. We don't, you know, if they want the pink toy, that's fine. They can have the pink toy, but we're not just going to give them pink things. We're going to let them be their, you know, be their own person and make sure that, that they know that they're, they're smart, capable children who hopefully grow into smart, capable women. And just being a smart, capable woman has, managed to pull down the full-time track announcer job at Parks. Jess, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you have you on. Thank you for having me. It's been a whirlwind couple of weeks. I, I bet. So you, are you settled in, getting acclimated? So I'm commuting back and forth. My home's in Massachusetts, so I'm just a little bit of a road warrior right now. I typically fly down to Philly on Sunday night and fly home on Wednesday night after the races. Yeah, it's it's good to get out of town before any Eagles games happen, uh, which is my understanding of uh, of Philadelphia. So, uh, I mean, so you're you're enjoying uh, working at parks so far. I mean, you've had you get like kind of the spotlight in the in the early week, it seems, because not many other tracks are running. It's like you know, it's like Jess Pocket. TVG is the Jess Pocket channel. You know, for for both good and bad, it has. You know, it's been it's been great. The team at Parks has been so welcoming and so supportive. The horsemen have been wonderful, and I'm excited the more I get to spend down there to get to know everyone a little bit more. You know, it's I. What's interesting about you getting the the announcer job? I, I did a little bit of research, and by that I mean I read a article that someone wrote uh, about you before <laughs> the third the uh, thoroughbred daily news. Um, I was unaware that this is the first time that a woman has held the track announcer full time track announcer job at a track in over sixty years. That's it's been yeah it. And Angela Herman um, was at Golden Gate for about, I think, five weeks, six weeks or so. And I think she did a great job. But it has been, the interesting thing is when I was growing up, this never occurred to me that this was a job for women. Um, there was no representation. And I think that, you know, when you're a little kid growing up, you want to see people that look like you doing a job. So it right. just never, it never occurred to me. Well, most of my peers grew up wanting to be track announcers. It didn't. It didn't seem like that was on the table for me. That wasn't even something I considered. Right, and I mean, it, it sounds like you kind of got your first taste of it, just being thrust into it. Whenever the uh, the announcer at Suffolk Downs was was MIA, and uh, you're just you stepped up. You said, "Hey, I, I'll, I'll talk into a microphone," and and called the races. And you know, what was that? Just an absolutely nerve wracking moment. Whenever you got into, there it? was no prep for that. Like that was, I mean, there was a literal tornado that went through East Boston and Revere. So it was just full on chaos. Um, there was no prep. I kind of 
I literally had to break into the booth to get the first race done. And, you know, it was the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. I'm not really a big thrill seeker or a big adrenaline junkie. I don't jump out of planes, but I imagine this is what it was like, what that's like. It, just the fact that, I mean, calling a race, it, it is, if you think about it, as simple as just telling people what's happening, what's going sure, on. That's what it's supposed to be. It is as simple as that. You just, in your brain, you overcomplicate all of it. Yeah, well, I mean, when Todd Pletcher's rolling out horses named like Mafratifa and things like that, it, it makes it it makes it a little bit more difficult. You get a you know a few tongue twisters. So I was interested in, in you know kind of some comparisons to what you're doing compared to just other remarkable jobs. More women have been to space than have been to full time track announcers, and it's not even close. It's se- <laughs> it's seventy five to two at this point. <laughs> That's amazing. That that to me, like that's, that's alarming more than anything, to be honest. But you know, here when, we go. When you compare things to people being shot into space, like it really, it, it takes it up a notch. It takes it up it a notch. It does put it into context, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I really quick question before we hit our first ad break. You you've done quarter horse, you know, race calls. You've done thoroughbred race calls. I, I would think quarter horse race calls are more difficult, right? So in some ways they're easier because you don't have the pressure to get through the entire field. And there's not really a lot that can change. I mean, you get them out of the gate and it's over Um, and you catch anyone coming from off the pace. So you need to be, your eye needs to be sharp. Whereas in calling a thoroughbred race, you're really telling more of a story. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm still really developing. How I do that is with pacing and with cadence is how the race unfolds, um, especially the long races. I mean, you have a little, you have kind of just enough time to hang yourself a little bit. Right. And and you, you want to tell a story so that if someone's just listening, not watching, they have an idea of what's unfolding. And, you know, I'm trying. Right, right. Well, we are going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get come back, I've got all sorts of, of questions. And uh, I'm going to try to show off my race calling chops to, to Jess, and I'm going to let her tell me uh, how I did. So, We'll be right back with more Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with the WinBet Build Your Own Bet letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. As we're 21 or older, and present the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a game, call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's mine. I'm going to throw my name one more time. Check it. It's the N O T O R I O U S. You just lay down slow. And once again, we've got Jess Paquette with us. Jess recently named the full time track announcer at parks in the Philadelphia area. And man, I got so many questions. Let's jump into it. First, what kind of prep work do you put into calling a race? 
There's a lot. Um, there's a lot. And I feel like I can always be doing more. And I'm still learning what works for me as well. The beautiful thing is I have a lot of friends who are announcers. So I've been picking their brain about how they prep, how they memorize and trying to like find the things that work for me and try something. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Um, so what I do is I color my notes. Um, I color the, the silks. Typically, as soon as I have um, the final program, uh, I like to be as prepared as possible. Like I'm just an anxious sort of person. Mm-hmm. Though, you know, I color the silks and then they have, they will inevitably change when the horses come out in the wrong silks or in different silks than they were listed in the program, which will give me the vapors, but you kind of roll with it. So I, I color the silks to start and then the morning of the races, um, just kind of like get myself in a headspace. This is, I know this is silly, but mm-hmm. when I'm blow drying my hair, I like start memorizing the names for the first race just to kind of like put myself in the, in the zone for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get to the track, I watch training, uh, that to me just always makes me centered and I, it's my favorite part of the racetrack. Right. And the day gets started and it's just hard memorization, then quickly and rapidly forget it and move on to the next one. You know, I, a few years ago, my mom wanted to go to Oakland for her birthday and I'd gotten to know, uh, Jen Hoyt at, at Oakland through playing in the oh, capping tournaments. And so I was like, Hey, I'm coming to the track for my mom's birthday. Can we maybe arrange it to where we go up to the booth to watch, uh, Vic Stoffer call a race? And I rem- like that was the the thing that surprised like that I I don't think that people who haven't done it before don't realize is how important like memorizing the silks and everything is because it's not like you're really like looking at the chiclets on the screen or anything. And no, plus the, no. the chiclets you're calling, lie. You know, you're, you're, I worked for Trackus. I know the chiclets lie. Yeah. And <laughs> but you're calling through binoculars and you can't rely on saddle towels because the horses are going to be covered up in various places. And that is, you know, that is something I'm still in my brain, still relying on saddle towels in certain instances. And I kind of need to make that shift a little bit too. And it's trying to cram all that stuff in. My my what one of my favorite parts of watching European racing is the fact that all the saddle cloths are the same color and mm-hmm. uh I have to try to go by the silks. And so I've gotten to where I cheer for Starbelly Sneeches and for uh footlocker employees who are just kind of dressed like a referee with the black sure. and white silks. Those those are to me are the easiest ones to pick out. You know, when my you get to favorite, my favorite thing, I and I used to hate this. I used to find this to be just a little tacky. Um, like neon, like yellow nylon bridles or like red nylon bridles. I, I hate them. I love them now. A bright yellow bridle. You will see heaven. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite things. Cause you can see that head pop out, you know, out in front with that bridle in it. That's okay. That makes sense. That's like uh, if I were an NFL player and I wanted to make sure people know I got my catches, like I would have like the brightest, like neon yes. green gloves possible so they can know i got my my hands under the ball oh neon uh, green, green blinkers too those are oh, love yeah. them love them yeah to pair it up with a tasteful racing sock god that's just a that is a ensemble that just slays quite honestly <laughs> so, so let, let's let's talk growing pains because you know we, we've got to got to have some not the series of course we're talking talking uh you know the profession um you know what you're doing isn't easy they're they're bound to be growing pains have you had a moment yet where in like the heat of a race call you've strung together a sequence of words that you really just wish you that you hadn't oh there have been a couple of races that like the second they ended i'm like i've hated myself desperately um where i've lost my train of thought i haven't been able to identify the right horse i've struggled i called the wrong horse making a big move from off the pace in one of them like everyone who you know i feel like if you do this enough everyone has these moments or when you're starting out everyone has them and i'm doing them in a very public way uh, I'm making a lot of green mistakes and it's hard, but yes, yes, there are some races like, and it feels different when you do 
a serviceable job or a good job. And like, when you know, you did a really kind of, you know, you got through it, but it wasn't good. Right. You can feel the difference. And there are plenty that I'd like, I I hit my mic off and I go, Oh, like, why are you like that? Like, Oh, I would think like every single day when you go home and you haven't gone viral for something that you've said during a race call is like, that's a successful day. Like you, you you know, there's, been more, there's still been more than enough on Twitter to make like any any mistake I make, you know, has certainly been amplified. Um, okay. I, you know, in case I'm not aware of it, the internet makes sure I am aware of every error I have made. I, I'm gonna get on my soapbox here, and I've done this uh, previously when I've had people like uh, Serial Bodway, and I like to, I, I find it important to bring in uh, great female handicapping minds to do my show with me. Serial Bodway, Ren Carruthers, Jess Paquette. Uh, and it, it's all the same is, uh, Twitter is a cesspool and, you know, you get uh, a lot of undue shit basically for, for, you know, being a woman in the industry. And to that, I say to my fellow males, stop, just stop. Some of it is deserved. Like some of it, you know, the, their, their point is not wrong. Like I've made some mistakes. They are not, they are not wrong. And if I, you know, if I was calling a perfect race every time, they'd have a lot less to, they'd have a lot less to say for sure. But it's still, you know, I've called eight cards so right. far. It's when it's, it, it's when it creeps into the the personal slash disgusting, where I'm just like, why why are you here? Like, why oh, do you, you mean exist the, pers- person? the person that emailed that sent me a DM asking if I'd like to see compelling yet tasteful nudes like that? Is <laughs> that? Yeah. Would you like to see Jess Paquette? Would you like to see some artful boudoir shots? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't acknowledge, uh, but the answer was yeah. going to be no. Yeah, that's uh, man. Uh, that's just a, a just a quality, quality opportunity to catfish someone and embarrass them publicly. But uh, you, you, you know, you're not. Calls. I will not do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, do you have a catchphrase phrase yet? Do you have a tra- something trademark? Because if you don't, I'm willing to help you workshop one. There are two um, little things. Like I think it's important to ever for everyone to remember where you came from and to mm-hmm. take that with you wherever you go. And I'm really grateful that I spent kind of all of my years in New England and was a part of New England racing. So once the horses are all on the gate, I say, and now they're all in, which is my little nod to big Jim Hannon, who was the voice of New England racing. And like, he was a larger than life personality in every way. So that's my little nod to big Jim. And then I've gotten 50, 50 reviews on whether people find this charming or not, but I really like it. So it's, it's going to stay. In some of the route races, um, as they go down the backstretch, I say they're going through the Ben Salem backstretch, which to me is a little TD-ism. Uh, T.D. Thornton was one of the major voices of Suffolk Downs when I was there. He officiated my wedding. He is one of the great mentors of my life. Yeah. And I feel like that would have been something T.D. would say. To me, it just sa- it feels like T.D. It sounds like T.D. And that's my little, like, it's it matters to yeah. me. Nice. Yeah, that's it's always good to to put a little bit of flair and also put a little bit of local flair to it. Cause you know, people think uh, parks in the Philadelphia area, you're calling out the actual town that they're in. And honestly you doing that, that all, that makes me think of the Vic Stoffer call for the last race ever at Hollywood park. If you've sure. ever seen that, where he's, you know, we're in the backstretch going by the stables that used to house, you know, yeah. so-and-so yeah. You know, great, great call that and the earthquake call where, uh, what was it? Uh, I would, uh, if, if I die today, I'd like everyone to know that horse racing was my first love. Uh, he worked that in uh, somewhere, I believe. But, uh, you know, uh, I I mean, we could get – I'm not sure how 
yeah, I mean, can you work in? Uh, it's Ma- Matthew DeSantis uh, has clued me in on, on certain, you know, bits of like Philly speak. I mean, I feel like you could work in like wood or ice in there somewhere, maybe. Well, maybe or... Yeah, like I, I'm still I, I'm not a Wawa convert yet either, but we'll we'll see as I get. Yeah, I do like gritty, so I'm I'm halfway there. Yeah, chasing him down the backstretch like he stole his hoagie from Wawa, you know, just that, okay. that sort of thing. All right. Yeah. I'm spinning out gold here. I don't know why you're really focused no. on just the basics until I start getting really, really fun. But give me, a, you know, give me a few months and then maybe I'll make you laugh. There you go. There you go. Um, or, I mean, you could go super, you, you could harken back to your own, you know, kind of Suffolk roots and be like, you know, he checked out of the gates, like, or, you know, ch- had to check like he was hit by Cam Neely of the Boston Bruins or something okay. like that. Or, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, that's the extent of my Boston Bruins knowledge, quite honestly. Uh, do you, do you have a, like a, an all-time favorite track announcer? I mean, a lot of people are, are big fans of, you know, Tom Durkin, like before the Breeders' Cup, like if I ever feel like I'm not really into the Breeders' Cup, I will listen to Tom Durkin's greatest Breeders' Cup calls. This is the greatest comeback since Lazarus. So, I mean, of course, Tom Durkin, right? Like he's the, he's the greatest of our, of our lifetime, but for me, personal favorites, I mean, Jason Beam is my, is my man. Like, yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and Jason's voice also brings me back to summers at Colonial and some, you know, really fun times. But this, you know, it's, it's, there have been so many announcers that have been great friends and great parts of my life. Like Larry Colmes, Larry Colmes was also a great part of my time at Suffolk and him and TD, it's kind of a one in one A is the voice of Suffolk Downs to me. And there, there are a couple of, you know, Larry calls that really stick in my mind from Suffolk too. You know, with with Larry Colmus, I I think the deal, the thing that makes Larry Colmus so compelling is that his voice is like I don't know, uh, melted chocolate dripping on gold. Just really, you know, he's got a very he's got a great quality to his voice. Whereas like Durkin just was just so quick on his feet and could you know was was able to just perform like verbal gymnastics to to get like the these incredible calls out. Yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, everyone loves Durkin, but big shout out to, to Jason Beam. There you go. I feel like you uh, should get a Beamy this year. Like, a, I, you know, you know I, there been, I don't believe I've never gotten a Beamy. That in all the years there were Beamies and Jason and I've been such close friends for so long. It's a, it's a point of contention with me. I I mean, I don't really know the man, but I feel like I should get a Beamy every year also. So, you know, we're we're right there, right there with that. Um, You know, everyone wants to be just the very best in their field. They they do you or you don't want to be the worst you that's it yeah it's nice to be in the meaty part of the belt you know the bell curve that's for sure but uh do you do you ever want to to, uh take a crack at a triple crown race at a a breeder's cup race someday do you want to be that person i want to call the fourth race from parks uh, you know really well i then then we'll think about some bigger things it's going to be uh an honor beyond my wildest dreams uh to get to call the pennsylvania derby and the cotillion two great ones in september which is just you know, mind blowing when I think about it, but I have a ways to go to get there. And luckily we race every, you know, every week forever, pretty much. So Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, I can practice and practice and practice. Yeah. That's, that's the great thing about where you are is, you know, like I said, you, you have the early part of the week, you have all these races that pretty much, you know, parks pretty much never stops running. You know, you have time where there's focus on you, but you can really kind of, you know, hone your craft and and be able to to get get the reps in. I think that's the important thing. I mean, I I really I really think uh, you know, repetition is the key and I mean, hell, I 
do you ever do do you, do you review game tape do you ever listen back to your calls oh yeah like in the, and fill myself with self-loathing and ask for advice and ask for criticisms and feedback and did i do anything well and you know what do i need to work on kind of and it's you can't fix everything at once right it's like you have to take you know focus on one thing each week or each day the other thing is i, I do know that i understand that parks is a very big signal to be taking my first reps on for someone as inexperienced as I am. It's a, it's a huge opportunity that I don't take lightly, but this is sort of the issue with so many small tracks closing is it there's less and less of a chance for someone to break in or try something new. Right. Right. Yeah. So I had a great question for, oh, so yeah. All right. Talking about reviewing game tape. Uh, I had Sarah El Bodway from uh, HRN on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about how, uh, you know, like I, I review games. I, I like to listen to my podcast immediately afterwards to make sure there are things that I don't need to take to social media to, you know, to apologize for immediately right. afterwards. And also just, you know, you want to, you want to get better at what you do. And you, you pick up on phrases that you say all the time that make you verbal treaches. Yeah, mine is starting sentences with uh, positive open communication skills, like I'm in therapy, with starting sentences with, I feel like, and then going on through it, and I now I can't, once I've identified it, I can't stop hearing it, and I feel like I want to stick a pencil in my ear every time. that. Oh, sure, it. yeah, no, I have a couple of those, too, that they're, every time I hear myself say them 17 times in a call, I go, why are you like this? Do better, what, be better. What are you, if you don't mind sharing, what are your crutches? What do you, what do you have? Um, oh, currently, because this seems to change like daily and weekly as I evolve, because again, I'm so relatively new at this. Um, this past week, I just kept saying to the outside, like to, I said to the outside, like 37 times in one, in, in one race where I could have said like the two path or the three path or anything, literally anything else. So these are things that going into the next time I'm back in the booth, that will be in my mind to like make a different mistake. Don't make that one. And you, you know, you could always, if you feel like you've got like a verbal crutch, I feel like you could maybe, uh, get out ahead of it and make uh bingo cards of your, of your oh, verbal crutches. I don't want to give anyone any more ammo. Like they oh. don't need, we don't need bingo cards on Twitter just yet. Not yet. Oh man. <laughs> I, I go straight for the self-deprecation. Let's, give ideas. let's not give anyone ideas. Okay. That's a good call. We can make a whole drinking game out of it, but like, let's, let's wait a little bit. Yeah, let's not let's not do anything uh, gifable or bingo cardable uh, at this uh, juncture. So, as you may or may not know, Jess, I, I've dabbled in, in calling some races. Uh, you know, I've done live streams for like ABR where we don't have the rights to to stream the races, so we're handicapping the race, and then someone instead of just watching me like lean and try to put like body English on what my horse is doing and grunting a lot, like they're like, "Hey, Chase, why don't you call the race?" And so I've, I've done a few. I've done a few. Uh, I, I thought it would be fun if I call a race. Just I've pulled up a race on YouTube, which mm -hmm. admittedly, I mean, this is kind of like training wheels because it's a race that I've seen before. I know what's going to happen. Sure. I know who's in yeah, it. That is a little, little. I wish I knew that. But I'm, I'm going to let you tell me uh, what I'm doing wrong. And I want you to just be brutally honest. I've done this with uh, Ren Carruthers um, critiquing me naming my NFT horses before. Okay. Like uh, how, the, how the horse, you know, what I've come up with. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's bring it up. I went with the Breeders' Cup Classic from this year. It's an iconic call. Oh, I'm that's do an easy one. Oh, I mean. Yeah, like I said, training wheels. I got to try to try to get it going. But all right, here, here we go. 
I'm going to press play. We're going to take a crack at it. Well, I think they fire pretty much straight from the gate. Try 14 two-year-old Phillies in the rain. I will not. I will not do that. (laughs) Um, So here we go. I'm going to start. I'm going to go ahead and give the, all right. And they, they are all in line and we are ready for the Breeders' Cup 2022. And they are, life is good as like debt collectors are chasing him. And Flightline right next to him, like stole his Kenny Chesney CD. We have Epicenter, I think, moving into the rail with uh, Olympiad, probably, uh, hanging out behind them. What? Okay. Uh, And off they go into the two path. It is a hot pace early. They hit the first turn, and life is good. Not making any concessions here, telling Flightline if he's going to win, he's got to be a stretched out pair. It was a hot order, which I cannot see because of the graphic that is on the YouTube feed that I'm watching right now. So they hit the back stretch. Once again, life is good. Eight to one in the lead. Flightline, a juicy two to five sitting behind him. And then just a Peloton, an amorphous blob of horses all sitting behind life is good and flight line as they throw down on the front end. It was this first half. I don't remember the quarter, the time by memory. It was and wrong anyway. Again, YouTube graph is covering it up, but yeah, whatever. So life is good. Still running. How does he have it in him? Is flight line cooked? Is this the end of flight line? Who knows? Here we go. We're hitting the turn. And now flight starts to range up. Vladimir Pratt sitting still as a statue. Those hands have not moved yet. He starts creeping up next to life is good. He's starting to pull even through the field. Literally inconsequential at this point. They hit the stretch. They lock eyes. And my lord, flight line is separated. He's separated, separated from Kanye West. He's out by two links. Three links. It looks like a police chase where Crown Vicks are chasing a Lamborghini. Flightline is gone. And minor awards and stuff. How'd I do? I mean, if you ask the internet, you did better Be than I've done. If, if you ask Twitter, I'm sure Twitter would tell you that you did better than I have done in some of my attempts at parks. So, you know, I think you did. I think you gave it a good shot. Yeah, I had the... Uh... First of all, I, I had the benefit of uh, Kanye West having his meltdown uh, post uh, Breeders' Cup, whereas Larry Colmus wasn't, you know, able to have that in his uh, in his in his arsenal at the time. Uh, but you know, eh, I've been, like he stole his Kenny Chesney CD. You like that? I one? mean, that was pretty good. Right? I'll give you that. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, no, the, you definitely made me chuckle at various points. And so uh, I, and I, I probably got a lot of mechanics. What What'd you say? I think part of it is like, you know, announcers should be entertaining. Once you get the once you get the fundamentals and the basics down, like I, I do think part of our role is to be as entertaining as we can be. I think what I need, you you need to, you know, as you're as you're getting your fundamentals and your 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 you know toolbox of of race calling tricks together, you need to make like a you remember the Tom Umansky uh baseball fundamentals uh commercials that like you know, uh, it, it, they'd show them in the mid nineties, but they were still clearly shot in like 1982 of like kids doing baseball drills. Like I need, I need that. Like, and if you can get Fred McGriff of the Atlanta Braves to, uh, endorse it also, uh, that, that would be perfect. I'd be I'll put that on my list of things to do. Yeah. I would say, I would send a money order to you to, to, for you to mail me those VHS tapes. <laughs> 
man. So I, this is the, uh, you know, you mentioned how busy you are and this is always my favorite, uh, question to, to ask people ending in interviews. Um, when does Jess pocket get time to stop and smell the roses? Um, you know, I'm not that good at that, but that was something I learned at Suffolk. I would often, when I was younger, I would get so focused doing that. I would never mm. take a moment to step back and go, wow, this is really cool. Um, yeah. I get to work in the sport that I love with a bunch of people that I really love and respect. And uh, I it took me a long time to figure out, like to take a moment and go, Oh man, this is, this is really cool. Right. Um, after I called my first stakes race at parks uh, Thanksgiving week, I like was happy enough with the call too. Thank God. They caught um, right. the stakes races have gone well. Um, rep. It was repo rocks that won a little Virginia connection with him too, which was cool. Right. Um, and I, I took a second and went, Oh, that was, that was really special. That was very cool. You know, I, now I'm starting, starting to wonder. So, you, you know, we have, sometimes you see horses win and the, the response from people is they knew now that you're the track announcer. Are you, they, I might be, they, um, there are certainly, you know, the view up in the booth is different than what I've gotten in the paddock. And it mm -hmm. is changing in some ways the way I think about handicapping races. Um, just getting a sense of how certain jockeys warm up their horses and get to see and pay attention to the warm up in a way that I maybe haven't always. Yeah. It's been an interesting handicapping angle. I mean, starting kind of once I get back from Tucson and I'm back at parks, you know, regularly, I'll be handicapping in between the races too. And I think that'll be an interesting thing to be able to add to it. I feel like my my issue with if I were doing the same thing would be I'm so you know I'm so used to watching horse racing via like a, a live track feed and everything where basically someone with a camera and a switchboard or they're telling me where to look and where to focus. Sure. I mean you got to think that there's some sort of like okay this is what I this is what I want to watch this is what I want to see and learn kind of learning it and folding it into your routine. Uh, do you have a vocal routine? Do you have any like any like vocal warm ups? Not yet. Um... I mean, but I do sing in my car a lot, really badly, really, right. really badly. What are you, what are you singing? Let's oh, hear it. Goodness. Oh goodness. I will never sing on camera. Oh my God. I will do many embarrassing no, no, things. No, no, no. Oh no, no. Just, you can give me titles. No, I, I... <laughs> uh, the new ish Augustana album is really great. I am a closet Taylor Swift fan and I'm sorry. I really love the new album. Um, I've been listening to that probably an embarrassing amount. There's nothing embarrassing about loving T Swift. I'll, I'll tell That's you that fair, right yeah. now. I'm, shame, I'm shameless in it. I really do. But the new Augustana album is great. Um, I've, yeah, I've been really into that. Some old Bayside is the Juliana Theory is my go-to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. I see. This is I'm I'm spreading out my horizons here. I've I've had my my hip hop you know fan friends last episode. I had someone who's you know, East Bay, California, punk rock. Now, now I'm getting, oh, cool, you know, cool. spreading my bases out, spreading my bases. I mean, hey, I'll, I'll even dabble in jazz. Are you aware of the music known as jazz? <laughs> I love it. Jess, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for, for what you're doing, for being brave enough to take that leap. Like I said, I want my, I would like for my daughters to grow up to be horse racing fans. And I feel like they're going to be much more interested in it when they, you know, they see female faces doing things of, of consequence and they hear female voices out there, you know, doing some of the most important jobs for betters, for gamblers, for horse racing fans. Like it's very cool that you're doing this. And I, you know, I consider you a friend and I would got to say that I am just over the moon for you. Just incredibly Thanks. proud of what you're doing and uh, just keep killing it and fucking just 
delete Twitter. Just get rid of it. I might have to. Thank you. Uh, you know, if I can make the path a little easier for the next woman, that's really, you want to leave the sport a little bit better than it was when you got there and make it better for the generation behind you. So that's what I'm hoping I'm able to do. Yeah. So tune in to Breeders' Cup 2024 when Jess Paquette is making the race call and they put white Randy Moss out there riding the horse like he's Donna Brothers. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's going to do it here for us on the Notorious OTV. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining. We will catch you next time. And next time, it is Oakwan week. We're talking of of my moniker, of Oakwan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy almost opening day. I can't think of Oakwan without thinking of you. The, the sun always shines on Oakwan Park, except for when it doesn't and it's uh, snowing a lot or uh, raining, just pissing rain in January like it, <laughs> like it tends to do. So we'll get all up into Oakwan. We've got our Bankroll Builder Wednesday show. We're going to do a horizontal sequence for the weekend. We will catch you next time. We're out.